Welcome to Scanner School. This is session 144. We talk about receiving the International Space Station. Now, again, all notes from today's podcast we found on our website at scannerschool.com slash session 144. Before we start this week's podcast, I'd like to take a moment to thank our Patreon supporters. Patreon is a month-to-month sponsorship platform. We have three different support tiers, each with different benefits. But the most valuable tier is our $5 a month tier. This equates to sponsoring the podcast for about a dollar per episode. Now, not only do our $5 Patreon supporters receive the podcast early, but they also receive a commercial-free version of the podcast delivered directly to their podcast player. Some may say that the included squelchy sticker pack that is mailed to your home is the best benefit of the $5 level, but I think it's the community or the club that is growing at this level. You see, we meet once a month on Zoom, and we have a roundtable discussion about scanning, ask questions, offer advice. Some of the members are answering other people's questions, and we just talk with our fellow scanner school classmates. This is an exclusive group for our $5 Patreon members. Now, again, if all this wasn't enough at that level, you'll also receive discounts to upcoming Scanner School courses and offerings. Now, you can help support Scanner School by going to www.scannerschool.com slash Patreon or www.scannerschool.com slash support. Now, I'd like to thank all of our Patreon supporters at all levels, and they are Buzz Gold, Chris Paris, Craig Harper, Dan, Ed Walsh, Eddie K, Edward Dufour, Glenn Bryden, Guy Lee, James Felling, Jeff Block, Jenny Taylor, John Goldenberg, Ken Newberry, Kenneth Fowler, Kevin Zwicky, Mark Thompson, Mark Beebe, Michael Kroger, Paul Teal, Raymond Hill, Richard Armstrong, Ronnie Bach, Sal Marandola, Signals Everywhere, Tim Mazza, and William Arcand. Now let's start the podcast. Welcome to The Scanner School, a podcast dedicated to the scanner radio hobby. Class is about to begin. Here is your host, Phil Lichtenberger. Welcome to Scanner School. My name is Phil Lichtenberger, and my radio call sign is W2LAE. If this is your first week joining us for class, or if you're a weekly listener, welcome back to the podcast. Make sure you take that smartphone out of your pocket and click subscribe. We've got some great podcasts coming out. Now, I'm really excited about this week's podcast, and I had to put off publishing it because we had some other great podcasts that were kind of in a way I didn't want to push those off either, but it's time we talk about this, and it's receiving the International Space Station, something that I've wanted to share with you guys for a while, and right now is a great time to talk about it because the ISS, they just launched their brand new amateur radio crossband repeater. Now, if you guys aren't into monitoring or scanning the amateur radio band listen just stick with me on this one this is something very unique this isn't your typical amateur radio repeater we're going to go into it and this is something that anybody with a handheld or desktop with an outdoor antenna at least radio can do and it's really exciting to do you got about a five minutes maybe of reception time so it's really exciting when something actually comes in on your scanner when you try to pick up the International Space Station. So let's just jump right into this one. We got a lot here to talk about. I want to make sure I don't trade this one out. And we're going to get you guys ready to go outside today and monitor the International Space Station. So let's talk about the equipment that is on board the ISS. Quick background if you want to talk or use the repeater, you need to have an amateur radio license for your country. Now, if you're here in the United States, let me recommend 
Ham Radio Prep. It's a great website. In fact, I'm an affiliate with them. If you go to scannerschool.com slash hamradioprep or even scannerschool.com slash HRP, we'll take you right over the Ham Radio Prep with our affiliate link intact. If you sign up, you'll get uh, to help out Scanner School in the process. So according to amsatuk.org's website, the repeater was enabled in early September 2020, and it's installed on the Columbus module. It's part of the interoperable radio systems. And of course, NASA loves their acronyms, so it's the IORS is what it's considered. Now, the IORS is currently made up of a space-modified JVC Kenwood D710GA transceiver and a special ARISS developed power supply and cables. Now, this is the first phase of what's going to be something a little bit better and bigger coming. A second upgrade is to be installed in the future on the Russian service module that will allow for dual and simultaneous operations, such as voice repeater and APRS packet. We'll talk about that in a second. So again, this all comes from the AMSAT uk.org website now again we'll put a link to this in the session notes of the podcast so you can go back and refer to this documentation later on but something that we really need to talk about and it's probably the most important thing to think about when monitoring the iss or any satellite that has a receiver on it is or transmit i'm sorry is the doppler effect now this is Huge, something we do not want to look here. The Doppler's effect is important, and I put a a video or or like a one-minute description with a visual of what the Doppler effect looks like on our brand new TikTok account. We're at Scanner School. Now, if you don't have TikTok and you want to stay away from that, hey, we also shared the video on our Instagram account, our Facebook page. And I think we also did it on Twitter. I'm not sure. Eventually, we'll get something very similar over to YouTube as well. It's just a quick one-minute video that shows the reception of the ISS as it passed overhead and what the Doppler looked like on a waterfall display. What's a waterfall display? Basically, it's just frequencies over time that displays on your screen so you can see what was hot and what was hot when. So... I'm going to paint a picture for you in your mind so that we can kind of get through what the Doppler effect is. Think of a police car or an ambulance or maybe a fire truck, anything that's got a siren on it that is mobile. As this siren, whatever it is, right, comes towards you, you hear the siren from a great distance away. The sirens are a high pitch but they slowly come down in frequency as they come closer to you. Just as the siren or the source of the siren passes, the tone immediately gets lower and continues to get lower as it fades away from from you. Okay, So what happens here? The actual frequency or tone of the siren never changes. What actually changes is the way that you hear it, thanks to Doppler. You see, when the siren is coming towards you, the sound waves are compressed. And as the siren leaves you, 
they are spread further apart. Now, again, sound waves are frequency. Well, RF is radio frequency. So audible frequencies operate the same way as radio frequencies do. The ISS orbits at 17,100 miles per hour or 27,600 kilometers per hour, according to the Wikipedia page. Now, the ISS also orbits around 16 times a day and makes passes about every 90 minutes or so, depending on where it is in its orbit. So, the ISS is flying over, let me just quote one of my favorite movies here, at ludicrous speed. As the ISS approaches you, you need to tune slightly higher on your receiver than the center frequency in order to begin a good quality reception of the ISS. As the ISS approaches, gets closer to you, you are going to tune your radio for, uh, downwards towards the center frequency, eventually crossing over center, and then starting to tune lower than the center frequency. Okay. Now, we're not talking about a megahertz here, right? We're talking about maybe 0.01 megahertz or 0.02, 0.2 maybe, right? Very small. So if you can adjust your step sizes to the smallest number, recommend doing that as long as it's within the band plan that you're monitoring. And we're going to put that in just a second here. So what do we need as far as transmit and receive equipment? Now, again, the transmit folks for you guys here who are amateur operators, this is for you. For the rest of you guys in the scanner radio world, reception only, right? Any scanner on the market can receive the ISS's crossband repeater. That's the beauty of it. You don't need a top-of-the-line scanner to receive this. Voice communications on the repeater are done in FM mode. So as long as you can adjust for the Doppler or the drift, you can tune them in. Now, again, the best way to do this is to set up the receive frequency in not a memory channel, but maybe as a tuned frequency or you're in your VFO or something like that. And then use the dial or the up and down tuning buttons on the scanner to adjust for Doppler. If you can't do this, if it's too difficult, then by all means, put the frequencies in memory. This way you can step through them, whatever makes it easier. Now, being that these receive frequencies or the downlink frequencies are on the amateur radio band, pretty much every scanner on the market, yes, even your Baofeng radio, can pick up the ISS. Now, for an antenna, you're going to have much better luck with use something like a directional antenna like a Yagi. But if all you have is a fixed antenna on your house, that works fine. I've listened to the ISS numerous times, and I've actually transmitted and was received and bounced back off the ISS using nothing more than the vertical antenna on my house. Now, again, an egg beater style antenna or something that's circular polarized, yeah, you'd probably have a better luck with that one. But I've done satellites and received the ISS with nothing more than a handheld radio and a Diamond RH77CA antenna. Again, that's one of those giant, like, 18-inch or two-foot whip antennas. But you can still pick it up with just your stock antenna. It might be a little bit harder, but it is possible. Remember, we're a line of sight here, and there's really nothing between you and an object that's flying overhead about 200 miles away from you, right? It's pretty easy to pick up the ISS, especially when it's flying directly overhead from you.
my best advice here is to hold your radio so that it is horizontal, so that the antenna is horizontal. This will give you horizontal polarization on your antenna. In other words, you will be receiving along the length of the antenna. Then slowly start moving your arm up and down while you're holding in the scanner. This will allow you to slowly change polarization and the way that the antenna picks up the ISS. You may find a sweet spot that you can actually pick up the ISS. Again, while you're doing this too, you're going to want to keep adjusting your downlink frequency. Tune around. All of a sudden, you're going to hear a little bit of snap, crackle, pop, and you're going to hear some voices come through the scanner. It's pretty easy. So what else can you pick up besides FM voice on the ISS? There's a lot more going on here than just people trying to contact each other. Again, we talked about voice. You also have what's called APRS. Right, again, this is another amateur radio mode here. But in APRS, you've got telemetry and you've got GPS waypoints and anything that people can bounce through the, the APRS gateway on the ISS. I've done it before. It's actually really cool. You also have packet radio. Now, for those of us who are old enough to remember packet radio, this is basically you hook up a modem or a TNC to your radio and using blazing 1200 board, <laughs> 1200 board data, you can send a quick message to the ISS and even check your mail on there. What's really cool though, and one of my favorite things to do, is slow scan TV. This is where the International Space Station sends down, they transmit an image. And it takes about 30 seconds to actually complete the sending of this image. But you get a nice little image on your computer. And sometimes it's like a memory of an anniversary. Like there was one time where they, the Russians sent all the, the famous uh, cosmonauts. They had a different picture of each one of them or a certain type of mission. The same with, with other events as well. So you, you kind of you know try and collect them all, and then you can send in for an award. And again, it does. you don't need a license for this stuff. You could just receive it on your computer. And maybe we'll talk about this in a future podcast episode when SSTV is going to be active on the ISS. Now, again, some of the cool stuff that's also available to listen to is the ISS will have a short communication with schools. And I've actually had it where I listened to my local, a local school to me, was fortunate enough to be able to have a conversation with the International Space Station and the astronauts on board. And I was able to listen to the downlink and hear the ISS talking to the students. So again, that is really cool. And your window of opportunity is really tiny. I mean, the, the school has a better setup. you know. The, and again, it's all volunteered through Alentrudio Operates as well. So there's still things we can do here on the ISS that are strictly from a scanner radio point of view. So you're probably asking yourself, okay, give me the frequencies. I will right after this break. Did you know there are ways to help support the Scanner School podcast that doesn't take any time or any extra money on your part? If you go to scannerschool.com support, you will find we have several ways that you can Continue to do your online shopping and help support us. We have links to Amazon. If you click on our link before you go to Amazon, anything you buy from there will help support Scanner School. Now, if you're in a market for a brand new scanner, an antenna, other accessories, we have links to Scanner Master, where you can not only purchase a scanner and accessories, but you can also get your radio programmed. And by clicking on our link before you buy, you are helping to support the podcast. 
Now, if you're in the market for software, we have links to Butel. And if you want something new to you, we also have links to eBay. Again, just go to scannerschool.com support before you make your purchases, and you are helping to support Scanner School at no additional cost to you. This session of Scanner School is sponsored by East Coast Pagers. Now, East Coast Pagers is one of my online companies, and we are a Unication, Apollo, and Swiss phone dealer serving the North American market. Now, if you're looking for a personal use pager or one for your department, we can get you a quote at the very best prices. So why does a company like East Coast Pagers support Scanner School? I think that every Scanner Reader user should at least put one pager in their collection of radios. The reason why is very simple. It frees up your scanner to just do scanning, and then you have one radio that's dedicated to your local fire activity. Now, with a pager, you can have voice storage. You can do tone outs. You can keep it silent. You can go back the next day and listen to what you've missed overnight. It's more than you can do with an out-of-the-box scanner. And with today's pagers having multiple frequencies and even having multiple channels in a scan list, like the Unication G1 can do eight channels in a scan list. It has 64 memory channels, and out of the box, it comes with 11 minutes of stored voice and a desktop charger. The G2s to G5s, they do P25 phase one and phase two in simulcast environments with stored voice, paging on conventional NP25. Oh, and they're upgradable too to DMR type one and type two. They are more rugged than today's consumer-based scanners. And with a pager like a Swiss phone S-Quad, you won't even realize you're wearing one. It'll help keep you informed as to what's going on in your neighborhood. So again, eastcoastpagers.com or contact me directly, phil at eastcoastpagers.com. Do you have a new scanner? You're having problems understanding how it works? Maybe you're new to the entire Home Patrol database of programming and you can't figure out Sentinel. Did you get a new SDR and you're trying to figure out how to install it or you want to learn how to use Unitrunker, DSD+, maybe set up a Pioware or even just make some changes and you don't understand how the system and the equipment works? The podcast might be great for you, but maybe you need a little bit more of one-on-one help with setting something up. I'm available to do just that with you with our private tutoring sessions. You can book me online by going to scannerschool.com slash consulting for a one-hour session. And it's great because we can actually share computer screens remotely, and I can guide you through step-by-step as if I was sitting right next to you. So again, book me for an hour at scannerschool.com slash consulting for your scanner radio one-on-one tutoring session. National Communications Magazine is your personal library of scanner, CB, GMRS, FRS, MURS, and two-way radio articles written by the best minds in the business over the past three decades. Your NatCom personal online access account allows you to download the newest issues of America's Hobby Radio Magazine, as well as back issues too. So visit natcommag.com dot com to download your free sample issues and sign up today. That's natcommag.com for National Communications Magazine. Okay, I teased it before the break. How do you tune them in? Where do you listen for the ISS? Well, it all depends what it is you're trying to listen to. Yeah, it's not really that easy. No, it is. Go to ariss.org. That's where you're going to find the frequencies. I'll give them to you right here so you don't have to go there. But again, ariss.org. Voice and slow scan TV downlink is normally worldwide 145.80. Voice uplink, for those of us who can transmit, in regions, IT regions 2 and 3, which is the Americas, Pacific, and Southern Asia, is 144.49. 
voice uplink in IT region 1, which is Europe, Russia, and Africa, is 145.20. Packet uplink and downlink, 145.825. UHF packet uplink and downlink, 437.55. But what we are talking about today, VHF, UHF crossband repeaters. For those of us in the amateur radio world, if you want to try using the repeater, the uplink frequency you're going to use is 145.99 with a PL code of 67.0 hertz. For the rest of us who are going to be listening via our scanners and just want to receive the ISS and the crossband repeater, downlink is 437.8. You're going to want to use Doppler. So again, as it comes closest to you, you want to start off maybe 437.8125 maybe, and then tune down from there so you get back to 437.7. The center frequency again, 437.80. As the ISS is coming towards you, you want to tune slightly higher. And as it goes past you, slightly lower. So how do you know when to tune in now? When will the ISS be overhead? Well, we've got different ways you can find out. Some of the easiest ways are just to go right on the web. Heavens Above is a great website. What you have to remember, though, is you've got to put your position in. You have to tell the website where you live so it can properly predict when the passes will be. And again, you want all passes. You don't want just the visible passes. You want all of the passes. You can also go to N2YO. That's another website that has the uh, uh, the satellites and ISS, all the passes. Again, you want all passes. But my favorite thing to do on my Windows computer, I like to install Orbitron. You can download Orbitron at stoff.com. PL. Again, we'll put a link in the session notes. It's a Windows-based program, and it is a beautiful program. I've been using this program years and years and years. Remember, what you have to do is set up your TLE files and download the, the newest version of the TLE, so you've got the proper predictions for the satellites or the ISS you're trying to monitor. Now, what you'll do is you'll pick the ISS, you'll click on predictions, after, of course, you set your location, and it will tell you when the ISS will pass overhead. But not only that, you can actually go into the radio control field, and it will tell you the drift frequency, which is great. takes the guesswork out of it. If you have a radio that can plug into the computer and you've got a little bit of coding behind you, you can even set up Orbitron to automatically adjust the drift on your radio. Now, for those of us who live in a Mac world or who love Linux, you can get gpredict. Use Mac ports to install us on a Mac. I haven't tried it yet, but it should work. If you're using Ubuntu, I'm pretty sure gpredict is just a simple apt get. Okay, smartphone apps. I can't recommend any smartphone apps right now because anything I used to use is now a paid-for Thing, and I just haven't installed any yet. But they're really cool because not only will they give you prediction, but as you hold your phone up to the sky, it will show you where the ISS is. This is true for other satellites as well. So as you're panning across the sky, it shows you exactly where it should be. So if you're trying to aim an antenna, that can certainly help you out. So again, what is it we need to know about monitoring the International Space Station? First of all, we need to know exactly when it's going to pass overhead. 
That's easy enough to do via online websites, or like I said, GPRedict or Orbitron. You need to know the downlink frequency, which again, for this exercise here, is 437.8. You need to remember to adjust for Doppler. And also, you're going to want to check out irss.org and also AMSAT's website, amsat.uk, and I believe there's another one in there as well, because there is a schedule. There may be times when they shut down the crossband repeater for other modes of use. For example, if there's going to be a scheduled school contact, they will shut down the repeater. Sometimes, too, if they're expecting a docking or a um, one of the modules will be debarking the ISS, they may shut that down at that time as well. So how did we do today? Let me know. Go to scannerschool.com slash session 144 and let me know how we did. Also, be interested to know if you've operated or even heard the ISS because it's really cool. I mean, there's, there's things out there, right? I mean, these things pass overhead all the time and it's very exciting to do it. One of my favorite things to do, especially in a nice, cool fall or spring night even in early summer or late summer as well, when the weather's, when it's just perfect outside, right? This is, that's the time of year to do it. So again, scannerschool.com slash session 144 to leave me your comments. And don't forget to check out our weekly Zello Net, which is every Tuesday evening. Again, scannerschool.com slash Zello. That's like hello, but with a Z. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast by hitting the subscribe button on your podcast player of choice or by signing up for our newsletter right there on the front page of our website at scannerschool.com. Again, if you sign up for the weekly newsletter, we'll let you know every week when a new podcast comes out. And we're working on some tips and tricks to also leave you in your inbox as well. And finally, if you've enjoyed this podcast, why not share it with a friend? That is how we grow. Make sure you share a link to this podcast in your favorite online forums, your favorite social media groups, even send it out via a tweet. Don't forget to tag us. I'm Phil Lichtenberger, and this is Scanner School. We teach you everything to know about the scanner radio hobby. Hey, let me know. Did you hear the ISS? I'd love to find out. 73 for one.